0: You're listening to the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. And now, your host, Down East Mike. Boy, good morning. Good morning, everybody. This is Down East Mike. You've found the Down East Mike Podcast, the quirky little podcast from Maine. I don't know if there's a quirky big podcast. Podcast from Maine. This is certainly the little one. We do this a few times a week when the mood hits us. We put together a little story about things that are Maine-related. And a lot of it is... uh, A lot of it's fantasy. It's made up. It's sort of like... uh, It's sort of like Mr. Rogers without the visual, although we do the visual sometimes. But it's sort of like that... uh, That little place where you go, where you can forget about the outside world, or at least we hope you can. And it's put on by this quirky guy. We won't talk about him. So Down East Mike, episode 48, News and Commentary. And this is August 3rd, 2022. I'm slurring my words like Nancy Pelosi this morning. Boy, that's a headline. We'll we'll get to that in a minute. We'll do the, the big headline our motto is some of this is whimsy some of it's true and the interpretation of it all is entirely up to you you know we were spending some time over the last weekend we were out there in the in the pool and and we were uh we were looking up at the clear blue main sky and just you know lying on the back and that little rubber raft there and enjoying the sky so much and then this uh these planes were going overhead, and they were just bothering me because it was plane after plane after plane, and then we started thinking, where are they going? Who are they anyway? We looked them up. We got the uh, little app there, that Flight 24 app on our phone. We started looking, and they were... Airbuses and 737s and 777s and little Cessnas and a privately owned helicopter mysteriously flying in circles. So we got to look at all of those planes overhead. And then we got to thinking, you know, Maine's missing out here. And if you're listening, Governor Mills and legislature, this is a wonderful opportunity for Maine to realize some increased revenues. It's an untapped revenue base that we should be going after. They're flying over our airspace. And what we should be doing, perhaps, is taxing them even a little bit because there's hundreds of planes overhead. And when I was looking at them, this one says it's going to be in New York City in 45 minutes. That's a luxury. They can ill afford to waste time flying around Maine. So if they want to get to New York in 45 minutes when they're flying over down East Maine, then they should be paying a toll, I think. And how would you exact that toll? You could have them, they could uh, Venmo it to the state or PayPal or something simple. I had an app to look at them. They could have an app to look at us and say, okay, we're entering Maine airspace. We have to pay the $5 toll absolutely should be done and that's something to think about some great revenue i i have a friend joel if you're listening he's a pilot and he could fly like a banner uh at a low level of course but it would say if you're if you're reading this you should be paying your main air tax oh wow we got off track uh wednesday august 2022 in today's episode we have oil from coal we have a barber's tail, a sad one. We have a look at a lighthouse, that's a new feature. And we have Maine's insect of the instant. Do you wanna look at the headlines quickly? We'll look at the headlines for today. If you're just getting up and you wanna know what's going on in the world, I'll give you the skinny on it. Um, it's probably pretty bad. Let's go uh, world headlines. Clergy and bags of cash set off new sectarian brawl in Lebanon. I assume that's not Lebanon Maine. Uh, Kenya's election rips open scars of inequality and corruption. Vin Scully's top calls from a Hall of Fame career. This news is boring. Where China plans to conduct military drills in circle in Taiwan. China blocks Taiwan imports. Cold showers and no lights, Europe saves as Russian gas wanes. Boy, they're in for a bad winter there, huh? I bet they wish they had some wood. Uh, We're not going to read that one. Let's see, anything else here? Uh, Al-Zwahari was killed. We know that. That was, uh, yeah, they're they're doing their missile strikes overseas. Uh, Taiwan, Nancy Pelosi meets President Tsai to Beijing's fury. They just can't get along, can they? Uh, what about uh, local news? Let's look at the local Maine news because there's bound to be something happening in Maine that we need to know about this morning. One man dies overnight in a Winslow crash. Uh, there's not much Maine news. I'm looking here. Oh, average price of recreational marijuana continues to fall in Maine. Study of forever chemicals found in rainwater exceeds safe levels. What's a safe level of a forever chemical? Inmate health care provider pulls service from Kennebec and jails over bill dispute. No health care if you don't pay. Janet Mills asked Canada to ease restrictions for Americans at golf course on border. I know some people used to play golf there, hitting a the golf ball. I wonder if you should mark the ball like, you know, with a little maple leaf, so you know which side of the border it's on when you hit it. Paul LePage says he wouldn't have negotiated with tribes over sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And anything else here? Let's look. Anything else? Concerns raised over New Farmington Park. What is that all about? Concerns with plans from Walton's Mill Pond Park. I'm really concerned about number one is that you've got four parking spaces designated at the roadside before you get into the park. Uh, Someone still on the road or opening their door could be hit. That's a horrible corner, I've lived there for 39 years. Somebody locally doesn't want the park, I guess. Well, I could understand that. Uh, So let's look at our birthday, oh no, word of the day, senescence. S-E-N-E-S-C-E-N-C-E, senescence. The state of being old, the process of being old. We have an old process. The growth phase in a plant or plant part, such as a leaf, from full maturity to death. And did you know, senescence can be traced back to the Latin senex, meaning old. Can you guess which other English words come from Senex? Senile might correctly come to mind, as well as senior. But another one might surprise you, senate. This word for a legislative assembly dates back to ancient Rome, where the senatus was originally a council of elders composed of the heads of families. There's also the much rarer Senectitude, which, like senescence, Refers to the state of being old, specifically to the final stage of the normal lifespan. That's a great word. We should should be using that one today. Happy birthday today to Mark in Township 29. Mark will be 65 today. He prefers to remain under the radar. He's retired from a career with a three-letter agency from Virginia. Have a spooky birthday, Mark. We won't give your location away. Happy birthday to Doris of Newcastle. Doris turns 22 today. She recently returned to Maine from working in in Patagonia on a sheep farm. I wonder what they did there in total. On this day in 1943, we have a story from uh, Boston. A Bangor woman lost $2,000 in a confidence game. She says she was out $2,000 today, the victim of a new variation of the ancient lost money confidence scheme. Police said that Helen Philbrook of Bangor, a visitor in nearby Newton, Mass., was enticed into withdrawing the money to guarantee her good faith in a three-way spirit, uh, split of $3,800 supposedly found in the street. The woman finder said she picked it up when it was dropped by the driver of a truck which struck her. But when the Maine woman went to an attorney's office, as she was directed, to reclaim her $2,000 and collect her third of the found money, she waited in vain. The two thieves, the finder of the money, and an accomplice who who accosted the Bangor woman were described as being light-colored residents of Boston. What a vague story. Uh, We also have from Cranston, Rhode Island, a small iron safe containing gasoline ration books with coupons valued up to a fifth of a million gallons and worth perhaps $20,000 in the black market was stolen from the Cranston War Price and rationing board quarters in Pawtucket last night. An incomplete tabulation at noon today showed coupons valued at 179,000 gallons missing. Others of the TT1 classification were still being tabulated. The thieves broke uh, out a door and dragged the safe across the yard of the abandoned school building where the board is quartered and loaded it into an automobile. A previous effort had previously uh, been made to get it out of a window. The safe was found. Door open and combination broken at 10 o'clock this morning off Angel Road in North Providence. Imagine that crime in Rhode Island in 1943. Also on this day, we, they had a story about uh, declaring that declining oil reserves made it impossible for America to continue to rip and roar through an endless golden age of gasoline. Secretary Ikes today endorsed a congressional move to build demonstration plan for the extraction of motor fuel from coal and coal shales. This is in 1943. He's the Petroleum Administrator for War and he told a Senate Public Land Subcommittee that America's proven oil reserves are only 19 or 20 billion gallons or barrels, sorry, a 14 or 15 year supply, so they thought they only had a 15 year supply of oil in 1943. On the other hand, he said, we can count on about 3 trillion t- tons of coal, enough he said to provide 1 billion 500 million gallons of synthetic fuel each year for 1000 years and still have enough coal for all present day purposes. So that debate was going on then. On this day in 1935, a Weld barber from Weld, Maine, was found dead in a Rumford hospital bed. What a place to be found dead, huh? David Robertson had been under treatment at a hospital for a week. Uh, He was found dead in his bed at the Rumford Community Hospital on Saturday morning. Mr. Robertson, who was a barber by trade, was born at Weld and during, during the early construction days he, uh, located in Rumford, he later returned to Weld where he had lived for the past 20 years. That's a great story, not a lot of detail. On this day 1935, a story out of Waterville, there was an announcement just made by Pro- Professor Herbert Libby, the chairman of the Colby Faculty Committee on Visiting Lecturers, that one of the eight lecturers in the Colby Lecture Course for the coming year will be Francis Perkins, who was the Secretary of Labor in the Roosevelt Cabinet? The date for her address will be Tuesday evening, February eleventh. Blah blah. But what's significant here? Miss Perkins was the first woman in the United States ever to hold a cabinet position, and her selection for the important post she now holds was due largely to the highly meritorious service she had rendered in her other public offices. So the first woman in the U.S. ever to hold a cabinet position. She was speaking in 1935. Also from 1935, one indication of the decided increase of motor traffic this season in Maine over that of last year is the receipts of tolls on the bridge between Prospect and Verona Island. The June receipts there were some $450 larger than those for the corresponding month in 1934, And an average of over $500 per day has been the rule during July. It's expected that $100,000 will be received in tolls this year. I get back to that earlier rant there about getting tolls from planes going overhead. If they can make $100,000 over a little bridge between Prospect and Verona Island, you certainly could make some money from the planes. August third, 1898, we had a great ad for some chewing tobacco. If you are dissatisfied with the size of the piece or the quality of the chewing tobacco you're using, get Battle Axe Plug. You'll get your money's worth. The 10-cent piece of Battle Axe is larger than the 10-cent piece of any other brand of the same high quality and is the largest piece of really good chewing tobacco that's sold for 10 cents. Remember the name when you buy it again. When you go into your local 7 Eleven or Quick Mat today, you should ask for Battle Axe plug. We had a cute little story here. I don't know if this is true or not. It looks kind of it looks kind of suspect. The Raspberry Pickers. It was the beginning of a day of fainting heat and the overseer tweety says Mary Tracy Earle in the August Atlantic, had made the rounds of the raspberry field with a water bucket and a dipper. He passed over a little rise of ground and found himself near a girl who had fairly buried her head in the waving branches of a tall raspberry bush and was searching for the great red perfect berries which grow beneath the leaves. Fine warm day, he said, "'setting down the bucket and taking off his hat "'to wipe his forehead. "'The girl did not seem to hear, "'so he stood still a moment looking at her. "'Her skirt was soaked to the waist "'with the heavy dew which still shimmered "'on the leaves and berries. "'Her her sleeves were wet to the shoulders "'and clung about her strong round arms, "'and even the ruffle of her sunbonnet "'was limp from brushing against the vines.' It was very early still in spite of the heat. The sun was low in the east, and its light fell in an almost level flood of gold across the tops of the vines, which were all staked and trained high so that the field looked like a vineyard. Far away toward the horizon, the morning shadows were still lurking between the wild blue hills. It seemed a pity that the girl should be soaked with dew and have her head buried in a raspberry bush. Tweedy tried a new tone. Look out you pick them berries clean, Cynthia Lentz, he said. She straightened herself and pushed her bonnet back from a calm-looking face with moist curls flattened against the temples. Pierce to me when I stand on my head in a bush, it's a sign I'm searching pretty close for him, she answered, freeing the curls with a motion of her hand. Tweedy lifted a dripping dipper out of the bucket and held it toward her. I knowed you wouldn't stop working long enough to take a drink less than I faulted your work, he said. It ain't my place as boss to make a fuss about anybody's doing too much, but just counting myself as Abe Tweedy, I can't sense why you drive yourself so hard. If you want to show that you can pick two boxes to buck Anderson's one, you done that long ago. It says, Selected from the Tinkling Simlins by Mary Trace Earle in the August Atlantic, 1898 that was written. On this day also in 1898, there was a monster Republican mass meeting held on the courthouse grounds in Elford, Maine. All day long the people poured in from the surrounding towns and at 3 p.m. about 3,000 people were assembled. The speakers were Congressman Thomas Reed out of Portland, he came in on the 145 train, and Governor Powers, who had been here since Tuesday night, and he was a guest of Clerk of the Courts, James Huey. At 3 p.m., the strains of Hail the Conquering Hero Comes announced the approach of the speakers, who were greeted with a tremendous shout of welcome. Isn't that something? 3,000 people standing around in a field. Uh, did they talk about anything good? It's a, he said, uh, see. he severely censored the Democratic Party for trying to delay the passage of the war revenue measures and endeavoring to steal partisan advantage from the present Spanish war. His address bristled with the sparkling witticisms to which his audiences so delight. We had the weather forecast from this day in 1898, the forecast for Boston and vicinity showers, possibly thunderstorms tonight and Thursday, winds shifting to south and southwest. The weather forecast was so vague, you could just kind of apply it year-round. Let's see what else we have for you here today. Oh, here's a story we wanted to read you. Queer foods from the east. The birds' nest from Japan and the lychee nuts from China. It was not so many years ago that bananas were a curiosity and the grapefruit unknown. The improved facilities for shipping add new fruits to our markets every day until one may hope to see the day when the trophies from the, the tropics, the Orient, and the Isles of the Sea shall cast their riches at our doors. For this reason, this description of queer fruits from the East given by the Philadelphia Times is of interest. Japan is a heavy shipper of outlandish foods to the new world. It has a practical monopoly of the nests which are used in making bird's nest soup, which, by the way, were prepared by an American chef, when prepared by an American chef, are the most delicious dish of its class in the world. I do not want to eat bird's nest soup. It also catches and drives armies of devil fish, which are as popular in the East as dried codfish in the West. In fact, the two seafoods are very much alike in flavor and differ chiefly in their texture to the flesh of the devil fish being hard compact and more like muscle than that of the familiar cod. Tree mushrooms and sea mushrooms are two other famous Japanese edibles that come to us across the Pacific. They resemble mushrooms in their contour and structure, but nothing else. The tree mushrooms have a flavor of wood bark, while the sea mushrooms boil away in cooking very much as if it were made of marine glue. In fact, it's used in Japan for making vegetable gelatine for thickening stews and soups in very much the same manner as we convert the bladders of sturgeon and other fishes into animal gelatine for a similar purpose. This is really awful. I don't know how much more of this we'll look at. China is a close rival. of Japan displays an equal in ingenuity in making the delicacies which it exports to the American markets, a long list of these which can be bought on Ray Street. The more important are crystallized limes, dates, figs, and watermelon rind, preserved watermelon seeds, dried chickens and ducks, which are cleaned and flattened out until they resemble a hemlock shingle. Hold that picture, please. Gigantic sardines in which each fish is a foot in length and the box is over a cubic foot in dimensions. Salted cabbage, of which the leaves, unlike ours, are an inch wide and three or four feet long, sugared flowers, leche nuts, a chestnut in flavor rate and radish in, in crispness, they're talking about a small potato there, and preserved eggs. These last are preserved by coating them with a mixture of charcoal, lime, clay, and glue. Some of the queer foods from China at this time. They're all made upon the same plan as the ever-popular Canton ginger being for many hours in a strained honey. This is just awful. In August and September, they send over vast numbers of moon cakes, which are curious little pieces of pastry used in the celebration of the Festival of the Harvest Moon. In appearance, they are like a small pork pie which has been stuffed with a quaint mixture of watermelon seeds, almonds raisins lard, sugar ginger flour rice and spices what a way to start your day we had some letters to the editor uh, the bee papers from a reader in east Stone of maine writes will you kindly inform me if there's a paper published anywhere in the united states called the bee journal or any paper relating to the care of honeybees and the reply is there are several publications devoted to bees and honey. Among them are the American Bee Journal and Gleanings in Bee Culture. Those were some uh, publications back in 1898. Stimulating Hens to Lay, uh, O.M.E. from Brewer, Maine asks, how shall I feed my hens to make them lay the most eggs? And the answer is, as we have frequently said before, it sounds slightly annoyed. And now we say again, there is no advantage in stimulating hens to lay unless the food is of a varied kind. The best stimulant is the food, not the quantity, but the kind. A hen may be well fed and yet lack the materials required to produce eggs. For this reason, the food should be as varied as possible, one of the best being plenty of green food if the hens are not on the range. Also had a story here. A Lewiston man who drove a party of visitors to Webster a few nights ago returned by way of Crowley's and met a skunk. He paid the livery stableman $10 extra for burying the harnesses and putting the horses out to pasture for a week. That house... Okay, so our, our lighthouse look today, we're, we're doing a new feature on looking at lighthouses of Maine. And our lighthouse today is Burnt Island, which lies at the western entrance to Boothbury Harbor, it's a, which is, a, of course, a large natural harbor with a town of the same name at the northeastern corner. Uh, the Burnt Island took its name from the practice of burning the island's vegetation in order to keep the land clear for sheep grazing. Funds for building a light for Booth Bay Harbor were appropriated in March 1821, and a petition by town officials and pilots for a lighthouse on the island met with a purchase of the island within a few days. They built a granite rubble tower, lined it with brick, and it had a stone keeper's house. This is in 1821. Later that summer, the light was first exhibited using a system of whale oil lamps, and parabolic reflectors, which was typical of the time. The original keeper's house was replaced in 1857 with a frame house that survives today. They had a covered walkway joining the house and the tower. We have some other stories on that. Let's see, we had, over the span of 167 years, 30 men served as keepers of the Burnt Island Lighthouse until its automation in 1988. In 1998, the Department of Marine Resources acquired the property as part of the Maine Lights Program, which was a transfer of 28 lighthouses to new owners. It presently serves as an outstanding educational and recreational facility for the people of Maine and the nation. So you can get there from, it's about a mile from the port of Booth Bay Harbor. You can take a boat out to go see it. It's a Considered a historical site with exceptional educational and recreational facility for teachers, school children, summer visitors, and boaters. And it has in bold face here. Burnt Island can only be reached by boat or kayak. Open seven days a week, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Also, we have a story here. artist Jamie Wyeth buys it. He bought bought it in 1973. Artist Jamie Wyeth said Monday he had purchased Burnt Island and Little Burnt Island but for less than a reported $375,000. As they say, they ain't building any more islands, Wyeth said. The artist said he does not does go to the islands often to paint. They're about four miles off Port Clyde and six miles from Monhegan or one mile from Blue Bay. Wyeth, who is a friend of Massachusetts' junior senator Edward Kennedy, had heard of the rumors in Washington that the Kennedy clan planned a move to Maine. Kennedy is reported to have said that's one of the nicest rumors about me that I've ever heard. Wyeth purchased the islands from Texas, New York resident Norman Reed. I don't know Norman Reed. Okay, our main insect of the insect... Insect of the instant is the orange belted bumblebee. What a cute little bee, Bombus ternarius, commonly known as the orange belted bumblebee or tri-colored bumblebee. is yellow, orange, and black. It's a ground nesting social insect whose colony cycle lasts only one season, common throughout the northeastern U.S. and much of Canada. Oh, what a cute little bee he is, Bombus ternanius. And we have a story. See, has complex social structure with a reproductive queen castle and a multitude of sister workers with labor such as foraging, nursing, and nest maintenance divided among the subordinates. In late April, the queen comes out of hibernation from under a few inches of loose soil or leaf litter and begins to search for a nesting site. Bombus tern- ternarius prefers to nest underground in small and shallow cavity- cavities like uh, rodent burrows or natural crevices. She flies low to the ground, stopping often to investigate holes in the earth And once a satisfactory nest site is found, forages for pollen and nectar to support her future offspring. Is this cute or what? Next, the queen secretes a protective waxy coating and builds a grove where she lays fertilized eggs destined to be the first of the new workers. The queen straddles the eggs, allowing for close contact between the ventral surface of her abdomen and thorax and the eggs this close contact allows the queen to incubate her brood with the heat she generates by pulsing contractions in her abdomen. What a marvel of nature that bee is. We'd love to spend all day looking and talking about that bee, but we can't. I think we have to wrap things up here. Let's, uh, let's get a quick look at the weather forecast uh, for today, August 3rd, Wednesday, 2022. Today's sunny in 84, uh, tomorrow it hot uh, with a high of 90 with a heat advisory, and then Friday, finally a little bit of rain coming through with a high of 86. It sure has been a dry summer, so we, we're looking forward to some rain there. We have a new song from Frank Nord coming up about quarry dipping, It's kind of a hot summer day song. You might want to tune out for it, but we'll play it for you anyway. You know, until next time, this is Downey's Mike wishing you and your loved ones a day that is full of grace, love, and kindness. And until next time, we'll see you. Just a boy from Maine with one little thing on my mind. I'm gonna go through the quarry jumping and have a good time. I, 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 I'm go to the top and hope that I don't bottom out. You know, if I hit that ledge, you're gonna hear me shout. Gonna a quarry dip, a quarry dip. Yeah. I'm just a boy from me and I know how to have a good time. I'll get some friends and we'll go to that legend outside the mine. Gonna jump. Right into that water, it's gonna peel, yeah, 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 yeah. going jump and I hope that I don't bottom out. You know, if I hit that ledge, you're gonna hear me shout. Gonna do a chorus. A little quarry dip.